Hello, and welcome back to Meaning of the Music. I'm Libby Sang, and this week we will be exploring the career of Billy Joel. Now, for listeners who haven't heard of Billy Joel, he's responsible for the songs Uptown Girl, Piano Man, We Didn't Start the Fire, and It's Still Rock and Roll to Me. Now, even if you haven't specifically heard of Billy Joel, it's inevitable that you've heard at least one of these songs. They're classics and are still pertinent today, although they were released years ago. Now, Joel was a very prolific artist, so for the purpose of our talk, we're going to limit the albums that we dissect to Glass Houses and An Innocent Man. If we didn't, we could be talking for days. I chose to focus on Glass Houses and An Innocent Man because I think they very well represent Joel's music from that decade. Glass Houses really represents Joel's music from the 70s, and Innocent Man represents Joel's music from the 80s. Glass Houses was an album by Joel released in March of 1980. So this album was released in the early 1980s, and I very much view it as a kind of a continuation of 60s and 70s music. The most famous song on it was It's Still Rock and Roll to Me. And this album, Glass Houses, really represents Joel's attempt at rock and roll. And he really is trying to distance himself from the image of the Piano Man. So Piano Man was Joel's breakthrough album, and it came out in 1973. And because of that album, many people were comparing Joel to Elton John because of their both um, piano-playing prowess. But Joel definitely wanted to assert that he was capable of more than just one style. For this reason, Glass Houses is definitely a rock and roll album. And Joel really drew inspiration from 60s and 70s rock artists. For example, he emulates the Eagles, the Beatles, Paul Simon, and the Rolling Stones. As a result, many of the songs on the album sound similar to these bands. For example, Close to the Borderline is reminiscent of the Eagles. All for Lena sounds like the Beatles from their Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band era. And for listeners who aren't aware of the chronology of the Beatles' career, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band album was released in 1967, so the era would refer to the time period of the late 60s to the early 70s. The similarities between the chorus of All for Lena and the music of the Beatles from the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band era is striking, so I implore listeners to take a listen and listen to the All for Lena chorus and the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band songs of the Beatles. The song Don't Ask Me Why on the Glass Houses album sounds like Paul Simon, and the song You May Be Right has voice inflections similar to Mick Jagger, and we actually are able to listen to that similarity today. So when you're listening to this song, I would love for you to listen for the voice inflection that Joel employs. And you should be able to hear it during the verse about riding the motorcycle in the rain. So when Joel says the word rain, he raises his voice in a way similar to Mick Jagger. So now we're going to listen to a lyric from the song You May Be Right. You can very clearly hear Joel's voice inflection. On the word rain, he stretches the word out and he raises his voice. And this was a tactic that Mick Jagger employed in his songs fairly often. 
and I found a song where he uses this voice inflection. So the song Start Me Up by the Rolling Stones, Mick Jagger uses this technique. So I'm going to play a portion of that song so we can compare the various voice inflections. During that portion of the song Start Me Up, you should have been able to hear the Mick Jagger voice inflection on the word green. And it's very obvious that Joel borrowed from this song and that technique when he made the song You May Be Right. And this is just one of the numerous ways that the album Glass Houses was influenced by musical artists from the 60s and 70s. Beyond just the musical techniques that Joel used, the themes of the songs themselves really seem to parallel the songs that are from the 60s and 70s. For example, rather than focusing on the positive aspects of love, a lot of the songs in the album focus on the sacrifices and the journey of love itself, rather than the overwhelming emotions. The song All for Lena really focuses on the sacrifices a lover has to make. This is evidenced by the chorus of All for Lena. It reads, There's nothing else I can do, because I'm doing it all for Lena. I don't want anyone new, because I'm living it all for Lena. And while this does encompass the emotions that love has, it does it in a light that seems to be really focusing on the duties and sacrifices and responsibilities of being in love. It doesn't really seem to have that carefree air. In the song, It's Still Rock and Roll to Me, Joel has a similar point of view to this. The lyrics read, Don't waste your money on a new set of speakers. You get more mileage from a cheap pair of sneakers. And a lot of critics view It's Still Rock and Roll to Me as a dialogue between a man and a woman. And the woman is asking the man to make more prudent financial decisions and update his style. But the man refuses. Once again, this is showing love in a less positive light. The themes and stories of these songs, coupled with the instrumentation that Joel uses, conveys that love is definitely a responsibility. Rather than taking a carefree point of view, Joel is showing that love is a responsibility. It's important to draw a distinction between this type of point of view that Joel is taking in these songs on Glass Houses and the songs in his later album, which we will discuss later. The general public really loved the Glass Houses album. It was received very well. However, critics were less of a fan. Paul Nelson, a reviewer for Rolling Stone magazine, criticized the album because he believed that Joel seemed to really not comprehend what rock and roll should be, and the tough guy persona that Joel adopted did not seem to fit him. And I'm inclined to agree. Just watching Joel in concert and in videos, you can tell that he seems to be putting on an air. And I would really like to have seen Joel take a natural approach and try to express himself rather than trying to be a different type of artist that isn't really what he is. Nelson also writes that Joel's voice sounds pushy and whiny and that he adopts a contrived craze in concert. And again, I'm inclined to agree with Nelson. For example, at his performance in 1987 of It's Still Rock and Roll to Me, Joel has some onstage antics that definitely seem premeditated. Although I did not enjoy this performance that much, it is important to note that the performance was a very significant step in the relationships between Russia and America, because the performance represented the first time an American rock artist had performed in Russia since the building of the Berlin Wall. 
I think that Joel's decision to play in Russia, despite the tense relations between Russia and America, shows his ability to be a trailblazer. He really did forge his own path in music. And yes, he may have stumbled along this path. For example, Glass Houses, as I said, was not critically acclaimed. But I think that Joel really discovered who he was as an artist, and with his identity, he was really able to write a lot of music that was very influential. Some of Joel's most influential music comes on the album An Innocent Man. This album was released in August of 1983, so about three and a half years after the release of Glass Houses. And this album was completely different from Glass Houses because rather than functioning as a tribute to rock music, the album functioned as a tribute to soul music. And this music was the kind of music that Joel would have listened to as a little kid during the 1950s while he was growing up. By returning to his roots and playing what he knows, rather than trying to be something he's not, Joel wrote some of his best music. An Innocent Man really stands out as completely different from the music he, has he had written before. And it drew inspiration from the music of the 50s. So Joel really tried to emulate Wilson Pickett, James Brown, Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers, The Four Seasons, Benny King, and The Drifters. And these iconic sounds can really be heard throughout the album. We're going to explore some of those similarities today. So to begin with, I'm going to play a part of the song The Longest Time from the Innocent Man album. I personally love this song, and you should be able to tell that the song is sung in a cappella style. And after we listen to this part of The Longest Time, we're going to listen to a song that is very similar, that is by Frankie Lyman and Teenagers. But first, please listen to this portion of The Longest Time by Billy Joel. In that little portion of the song, you should have been able to hear the harmonizing and the various voices, and you can tell that Joel is not the only person singing very clearly. And these different voices function not only as an addition to the melody, but they help to keep the beat during the whole song. This style of music, where the only instrument is the voice, is known as a cappella, and nowadays you can hear the group Pentatonics using this style. But in the past, in the 1950s, listeners loved to hear the music of Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers, and they often used the style of a cappella. So next up, I'm going to be playing a clip from the song Why Do Fools Fall in Love by Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers. Please listen to the a cappella style and try to draw some similarities between this song and The Longest Time. From that clip, you can very clearly tell that Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers used a cappella in this song. They had a lot of harmonizing voices, and they did have a few voices that stood out, just as Joel did. So you have the one principal voice, and in this song, Frankie Lyman functioned as that role, and in The Longest Time, you heard Joel function as that role. The similarities and parallels between the two songs are very clear when you listen to them side by side. 
Beyond just the longest time, Joel draws another distinct and direct parallel to another famous group from the 1950s. The song Uptown Girl on Innocent Man, which is arguably one of the most famous songs to come from the album, sounds very much similar to the music of the Four Seasons. Next, we're going to listen to a portion of the song Uptown Girl by Billy Joel, and Uptown Girl is arguably one of Joel's most famous songs. While you're listening to this, please listen for the style the song is sung in. In Uptown Girl, you can hear the harmonizing and the falsetto that Joel decides to use. The falsetto can especially be heard in the background singers of that clip that we just heard. Another group that used this falsetto and harmonizing style was one of my favorite bands, The Four Seasons. Next, we're going to listen to a part of the song Sherry. Try to listen again for the parallels between these two songs. Joel used the same style that the Four Seasons used in a lot of their music, specifically Sherry. They both have harmonization and a falsetto approach to the music. Through this emulation, Joel is able to have a very nice tribute to the Four Seasons, and he shows a great respect for their work. Like Glass Houses, An Innocent Man was well-received by the public. However, unlike Glass Houses, An Innocent Man was also well-received by critics. Parquet Pewterbaugh. A reviewer for Rolling Stone magazine says the album is a fantastic panoramic overview of soul music. Using the same styles as The Four Seasons, Benny King, The Drifters, Frankie Lyman and The Teenagers, and James Brown, Joel wrote an album that was a perfect recollection of the 1950s in music. I think this, this is a very powerful decision of Joel because it really helps to bring awareness to a generation of musicians that have been forgotten and neglected in our time. And... By reimagining these styles of music, Joel is helping to preserve this music from the past. Joel's approach to singing the songs from An Innocent Man in concert and in music videos and in recordings is much more natural than the approach that he used in Glass Houses. Again, I believe that because he sang what he knew and didn't try to overextend himself and force himself to be something that he wasn't, he was really able to show the real musician that he was this powerful emotion and rawness that he brought to his singing and performances really shines and gives the songs a factor of genuineness and authenticity besides the difference in inspiration for the various albums the themes and tones of innocent man are also very different joel views love with more of a innocence than the songs that are on glass houses like an uptown girl and the longest time the songs really focus on the magic of falling in love rather than the duties and responsibilities he definitely adopts a more carefree attitude in innocent man joel's passion and understanding of music is more palpable in an innocent man than it is in glass houses 
Joel was really able to put this love of music that he had into words in an interview with Stony Brook Magazine. In the interview, Joel was asked, how did your career shape your understanding of the world, and vice versa? Here was his response. Being a musician is almost a form of wizardry or sorcery or alchemy. Uh, there's a magic to it, which is difficult to really explain, but it impacts people pretty much the same way all over the world. Everybody has an emotional response, a passionate response to music, whether they, they like what they're hearing or they don't. Uh, it, it has a, lot, a huge impact. And no matter what culture you're from, everybody reacts to music. Everybody loves music or has a strong uh, emotion uh, when hearing music. And uh, it made for an interesting life. Joel's response shows that he was a part of the music industry, not for the fame, the glory, or the money, but to do what he loved. And I completely agree with his response. Music is a universal language that can be so touching and moving. Despite language barriers and cultural barriers, all people from all walks of life and all countries can understand music. As a musician, he understood this amazing power, and he wielded it better than many artists of his time. That's all that I have for today. Tune into the next episode of Meaning of the Music to go on an exploration of the music of Elton John. Thank you for listening.